Right. Rick, Rick, you're talking uh, over people. Oh, sorry, guys. There's hey, an guys. issue here. Hey, are you started? I don't know how this works. Listen, I. No, this is hi. This is Rick Poundstone. I'm not supposed to be uh, the broadcaster, but I think uh, is everybody here? I see oh. three faces on the screen. Hey, I don't know if this is normal for every everyone here, but okay. Is that is that Bjorn? Rick, you you got B.J. Graham and uh, hey Mr. Mr. Chris Fessler here. All right, hey, 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 there, guys. I'm I'm the host here. All right, so like, let's get this let's get this started. How I want to start, and like everyone's everyone's expecting me to have the catchphrase to start the episode. So now the it has been worked out. Okay, so and take me out to the ball game here. I'm your interim host, Bjorn Masterson. I'm thrilled to be part of the DCN, which is the Draft Champions Network. You can find me at BJ Master MLB. And Graham, the co-host I've luckily inherited, is here too. How are you doing, Graham? I'm great. It's it's nice to finally do a podcast with you, BJ. Can I call uh, you BJ? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all right, here. all right, Beach. All right, all right. Hi. Well, it's nice to meet you, Graham. And you, <laughs> you sound very nice. Um, we're here with Christopher Fessler, who is a 10-time OC. I don't know what that stands for, but champion and five-time main event champion on the NBC. Um, how are you doing, Christopher? And thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, uh, BJ. Bjorn, Bjorn, yeah, what, yeah you, can, you can call me BJ, sure. Yeah, yeah so I, I, I have to be honest. My, my, I think my boss has booked you before I joined the podcast, so I feel kind of silly not knowing you, but uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Oh, man, I'm just a huge uh, sports fan. Um, I've been playing fantasy baseball for probably 25 years. Uh, I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm from here. Um, I love all sports, uh, whatever whatever season it is. Um, baseball is my favorite now, so I'd like to talk some baseball with you. So yeah, looking at your record, you like you like to gamble on sports. That's good. That's good. That's what that's what yeah. we talk about here. So like, not to not to talk about myself too much, but this is my first. It's my first podcast, and listeners probably wondering uh, how I got the sweet gig. So, well, I'll just tell you how it started. I started when I contacted the HR Human Resources at the DCN to complain about the crass nature of the show, like it's very crass. And I was speaking to Mike Kirkland, and um, his hands were really tied at the time. But we started smoozing about the MLB, the show, video game, and eventually a spot opened up after Zach's comments about the industry draft, the lab lab draft, forced the board's hand. And uh, we, we became friends, me and Kirkland, and he asked me to step in. And I said, sure, why not? Um, my background, like I'm of Swedish descent, but like I grew up in Georgia. Um, since then, I moved over to Illinois with my Georgia peach and my two children. And I'm a geography history, history high school teacher. Um, I love baseball, play in two Yahoo leagues. One my cousin runs and one of the teachers at my school put together. Um, the work locks the, locks the Yahoo sports, so barely anyone's able to set their lineups. I finished fifth and sixth, which is pretty good. Um, one of my biggest guilty pleasures, though, is MLB The Show. I'm basically like a pro at that. So you'll usually find me gaming on Friday and Saturday nights while the, while the wife's out partying at the clubs, you know. Um, so, yeah, um, I, like, let's get, let's get right into the show here. And um, I know my, my predecessor was quite entertaining. Everyone said um, one with these opening questions about the Pfizer and Moderna medical miracles. Um, you know, I've been boosted four times now, uh, quad boosted. Um, 
I've got my own unique style when we're going to, and we're, what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to start a segment. It's called born to be wild, born to be wild, like based off my name. Right. So it's going to be like a completely off the wall question for our guests. That's going to certainly get some laughs. Okay. Christopher, you ready? Yeah. Rick, Rick. Okay. All right. All right, all right, Rick. Thanks, thank you, Rick. So again, John to be was one. That the right one? I, yeah, I yeah, that, that was great. You're you're great. You're great. Super. Okay. All right. So, Christopher, ready for a Bajorn to be wild segment? I'm ready. Congrats on the new gig. Thank you. So here's the question. It's gonna be pretty crazy. Okay. Yeah. Would you rather watch? Who would you rather watch play MLB the show? Mike Kirkland or Paul Smores? I think I'm going to go with Paul. Paul, oh, okay. That's a good shot. I kind of knew you were going to say that. I kind of knew that. I was going to say that too. I was going to say that too. Okay. All right. So let's, that's our, that's our Bajoran to be wild segment. Okay. Rick, Rick. All right. To end it, the same thing. Okay. Let's play. Let's play. Honey, you remember this one? Please. Okay, thanks, thanks, Rick. Nope. Okay. So, so, Rick, yeah, okay, thanks. How, how you doing? Well, by the way, Rick, we didn't really introduce you. You're not, I don't know if he's supposed to stay on this pod. I, I don't know what that the old host did, but. I, you know, I don't, uh, I'm here for you. Uh, uh, whatever it is you need, you just let me know. And uh, me and uh, I got my wife, Maggie, over here in the room. And uh, whatever you need, we're here for you. And I'm happy to meet you as well, Chris. Uh, Mr. Uh, Uncle Fester or Chris Chris Fessler, is it Fessler? You got it. Whatever you want to call me. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So yeah, let's say hi to Mags as well. Um, Rick, you were talking about her earlier. My, my I got my wife here. She's sitting there. Hi, Rick. Okay. Hey, is that everything all right? Everything all right there? We can we start? Can we start? Can we get to the the the, the the good part of the show where everyone wants to talk about the NBC. Yeah, Bjorn, we got we got to get the show going here. You guys are way off the rails. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. So, um, Christopher, um, what are your plans this year for the number of NBC leagues you're going to do? Um, like I, I heard that they're mirroring mirroring FOB. Yeah. Uh, so um, that new FOB will be great. Um, it might it might allow people to get in more leagues than they than they have in the past, but I'm hoping to get out to Vegas. Um, I'm hoping there's a season that there is. I'm definitely heading to Vegas in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'll probably I'll probably play in about ten leagues. That way I, I can focus on. I don't want to get in too many to, to lose my focus. But normally I play in about ten. I'm I'm playing in a in an ultimate DC. I'll probably do maybe three or four main events and uh probably three or four online championships um you know i love each of the formats i, I think i like the 12-man league the best uh you know because you can outmaneuver out people uh, through fab and if you have an in injury it's not the end of the year um but then again i, I like the main events because it's challenging coming up with the draft plan and um uh it's probably the toughest competition but 
So probably about 10. I'm looking forward to going to Vegas, hopefully. Well, I'd, lo I'd love to go to Vegas too, actually. My wife, my wife is okay with it, but um, yeah. I don't know. I got some money buried away in my backyard. I could um, definitely uh, use some of that to take flight and enter some of these main events and aux that you guys are doing. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting getting familiar with it, right? So you, you talked about an ultimate. I, I saw, I'm just doing some research on that NBC side and it uh, looks like yeah. he did a super with the Dr. Dave McDonald last year. Can you talk about Dr. Dave and heard about his auto draft? Were you in that draft? I think I was in that draft. I think he had a uh, auto draft on Cody Bellinger. But, um, yeah, had, had, I, I don't remember. I don't. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, I don't know what he was thinking. But I don't know. Um, I don't, sounded it sounds. That, that was. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Um, uh, but um, it, it obviously didn't turn out too well for him. So what? What? If I wanted to get into the NBC, what sort of resources would I use to prepare, like projection systems, subscriptions? What do you use? You know, man, I'm probably different than most people. Um, but I, um, so for projections, I really, I really uh, use all sorts of projections, but um, I really just use them as a guide and then tweak them a little bit, you know, based on the quality, quality and depth of their lineup. Um, or maybe how I perceive their skill set. Um, you know, like if, if there's two different players that, that I'm that I'm comparing and they're about even, I'm usually going to go in the lineup that's got more depth. Uh, I don't have many formulas like um, the robot. You know, I try to keep it simple. I uh, get as many hitters and good lineups as uh, possible. You know, in the one to five hole, and then I, I try to construct a roster plan to. Uh, spread it out equally among the offense categories. Um, you know, it's not as easy as it sounds. It's a lot of planning and uh, a lot of planning hitting in the draft, a lot of times we can think. But if you're looking for, go ahead. Wait, wait, a robot? Yeah, there's a robot. Uh, he's pretty good. A robot? Yeah. That sounds, that sounds unfair. Yeah, his yeah. name's Phil Dusso. Have you heard of him, BJ? Phil DeSellis. Phil DeSellis. Uh, no, I've not, 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 heard, not heard of him. He's a Canadian. Good guy. Up in Canada. Okay. Oh, yeah, Canada. Oh. <laughs> he, he, was, he was friends with your uh, previous host, the person whose job you took. Oh, we're not going to talk. We're not going to get into that. Okay. Let's, let's, let's move on. Let's move on here. So, so Christopher, um, other than like the projections, do you like work towards any sort of goal when you're when you're using the, like the projections that you tweak? Like I heard, so, I heard the eighty percent was something that was special. Yeah, I try. I try to. I try to um, get close to the ninety percentile in every category. Um, I, I just think it's important um, to me have a balanced lineup, obviously. Um, but I mean, the, the main uh, thing I do throughout the year is um, just track my progress uh, based on my weekly production. And if I see an area that I'm um, lacking in, I, I try to hit that area in fab. But um, yeah, I think the key is just planning out your, uh, your draft where you're able to hit. You know, obviously, you're not going to be able to project to hit 90%. Um, in every category, but that, that's the goal I think you have to have if you're going to win the whole thing. 
So you'd be looking at getting guys like that would um, have a, a range of outcomes that would be, that would have a, an upside, right? So you're looking at players, like if I were to look at some of your old teams, we'd, we'd see guys like with Junior, Klenic on your teams, uh, players like Otani I saw on a bunch of your teams. So you're, look, you're looking at, to hit that 90%, you gotta, you gotta really go and get the guys with the upsides, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think the key to every draft is to uh, um, get guys with value. So, I, I, you have to have a you have to draft your core guys of your plan, whether it be closers or speed or pitching early. But um, you always got to be seeking out the guy with the best value. So, a lot of times when you're um, um, uh, preparing for the draft. Um, you know, you just want to uh, find guys that that um, are going to outproject their their ADP. Yeah, and I noticed you did a lot of that uh, last year. You did a good job on that. We'll get into that. Um, but first of all, I, it's in my notes that you you did you were a national champion two times. So in the OC last year, the 2021 OC. Uh, what is that? What does the OC OC stand for? Online championship. Oh, cool. And then the 2017 main event, I, I know what that stands for. Those two, those two events, you won the national title. So you, you're pretty good. Um, in that 2017 win, I looked at that team. You had Aaron Judge in his rookie year. And uh, everyone talks about, um, is that, hey, the robot, that rings a bell now. I think the robot, they always ask him, who's next year's Robert Ray? And, uh, and they think he's, he's the Robbie Ray guy, but... It looks like you drafted him in the 2017 main to win it. And you also drafted him in the 2021 uh, OC online to win it as well. So maybe, are you the Robbie Ray guy and not the robot? I must be the Robbie Ray guy. Because I'm always like Robbie Ray. What makes, it, what makes you like Robert Ray so much? Because he, he, uh, he might've had a better year in 2017 than he did in 2021. Did he or no? Yeah, I think uh, back in 2017, uh, it was getting late in the draft, and I, I needed some strikeouts. So um, I had seen uh, Ray pitch the year before, and he had increased, I think, his velocity from the year before, from 93 to 97. So I, I knew he would be able to provide some strikeouts, and he had that devastating slider. Um, so, so basically my thought process back in 2017 was, uh, to get a guy late with upside, um, who uh, who had the potential to get 220 strikeouts, and um, and uh, he always had issues with his command, but that was the reason why I liked him in 2017. Um, and this year was different, you know. It was also getting late in the draft, and um, I had struggled with getting wins in the draft. That's one of the challenges. Wins are so unpredictable. So I changed my strategy where I wanted to focus on getting high upside pitchers, but also they had a um, a great offense to support them, as well as a good bullpen um, to finish out the game. So I felt like with that Blue Jays offense and his upside, um, I knew he had greatness in him, so I thought he might be able to find his command, and luckily he did. So... Um, Another thing I like about him is if you if you watch him, he uh, his arm never gets tired. He's always throwing 97, whether it's the first pitch in the game or at pitch 110. 
he seems to have a rubber arm and he's durable. So that's one thing I always liked about him. That's interesting. That's something I never, I never, I never looked at because I probably don't watch much baseball. So that's, that's interesting. And that 2017 Maine, not to, not to keep beating that 2017 Maine that you took down, but you had a lot of good batting average on that team. You had Altuve, DJ LeMahieu, Anthony Rendon, Buster Posey, all in your first couple picks, they all hit over 300. So that must've been huge to get those batting average type players early. Is that something you continue to focus on even in this landscape in 2022? It is, it is. Even though um, averages are declining, you know, I think the three things I focus most on in draft is average, whip, and ERA. You know, I'm hardly ever bad in those areas. I, I try to focus on staying away from guys with low average and high power. Well, you know, in this landscape, that's harder to do, so... Um, I'm always willing to give up a few home runs for average, and then I try to make it up by drafting uh, quality depth. Hey, Chris. So normally, um, yeah. Hey, Christopher, do you know what we call those three things in the biz? Ratio, ratios. Ratios. Exactly. Exactly. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm, 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 go ahead. Okay, no, I was, I was going to say, you did a great job on that main. So would you – would yeah. you really be focusing on that average more than stolen bases in the in the early part of those drafts? Like that everyone says, I've heard somebody say aces and bases. I think it was a fisherman. Yeah, yeah. He was probably a good fisherman. But um yeah, I think that's key, man. I think that uh you, you gotta you, you gotta get four hundred strikeouts at least and uh probably four forty stolen bases in your first five picks, definitely. Are you talking in a 12 or 15 team league? Uh, I'm talking in a 12, but, you know, pretty much in, in both formats, um, I, I feel like you, you have to attack uh, high string out guys with good ratios early, as well as um, you know, at least get some combo, combo guys early in the drafts. Right, right. Okay, okay. Well, thank, thanks for that. Now, um you one more thing about that main. You took a guy named I don't want to say it. Graham, can, Graham, Graham. Can you say it? Can I? Can I say what? PJ, the, the breakout pitcher that he took in the 2017 draft near the end of it. Oh, the guy named after the hockey equipment, Trevor yeah. Bauer. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, Trevor. Trevor Bauer. <clears throat> Are you okay? <clears throat> anyway, Chris, you should probably just talk about Trevor Bauer. BJ's having a hard time. Yeah, when, when Bauer's, uh, I'm always, I always like Trevor Bauer. Um, you know, when he's when he's when he's trying to when he's hanging when he's not hanging with the wrong women, I, I like mm-hmm. his uh, but. Uh, you know, even when he even when he won the wing and giving up home runs and walks, uh, I, I always liked Trevor Bauer. Um, and just took him a long time to figure it out. And then when he figured it out, he became an, a win pitcher, and uh, now he is what he is. So you guys think he'll be back in baseball this year? This over here, BJ. Are you okay there? I, I think Trevor Trevor Bauer. Wheezing. What is going on? I just hear like a wheezing. I don't. 
I think I think Chris talked about Trevor Bauer being good, and he broke our new host. Huh. What are we? Are you? Uh, what is it, Bjorn? Bjorn, are you there? <laughs> I, I don't. Graham, uh, was, Graham, you might have to take this one over. Was 2017 when uh, Trevor Bauer did his finger in the playoffs on the drum? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was when they beat the Blue Jays. That was upsetting. John, are you there? Won you a main event, though. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey, okay. I'm, I think I'm okay. Um, so you're asking about, I think he's back this year. Um, do you think is, he's back? is Trevor Bauer coming back this year? Graham? Graham, yeah. you, think, you think you could talk about that? Think you could take that as a co-host for me? Yeah, I mean, Trevor Bauer will probably be back this year, won't he? He didn't get he didn't get charged. Christopher, Christopher, would you be drafting that man? You know, um, I would think a flyer on him late in the draft, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if he gets suspended or not when uh, when baseball signs are uh, agreement. All right, that, that that it's 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 dicey with that. So I don't know about I don't know about that that a hockey equipment guy, but um I don't like him too much and um I wouldn't draft him, that's for sure. Yeah, if you, you might if likewise, likewise. Christopher, you said you might draft the mean man. So where would you where about would you be targeting him in like me in a 12 team league? mean guy uh it, it wouldn't mean a 12-man league i wouldn't i wouldn't draft him in a 12-man league but uh i don't know probably maybe maybe around the 21st round or so when there's uh not a lot of value i would consider it right because but, a lot of those, um, a lot of those guys you drop anyways right now because if you're drafting the right. how early how early do you start those 12-man leagues to dra- uh, drafting have you drafted i don't really know I have I haven't had one draft yet, man. I I, uh, I like to do my drafts uh, right around the end of spring training, so I can get a look at at um, where people are going to hit in the lineup, who's going to close. Uh, I think it's hard to draft early before you get a look at. Um, not that I put a lot of stock in spring training, but you know it's good to find out information like. Uh, who's going to be closing, who might be closing, who's going to win jobs. So uh, I know a lot of people like to draft early, but I stay away from drafts until as late as I can. Right. So let's talk about that OC that you, you took down last year. And I don't want to neglect to mention that you were, you placed third and sixth overall in the postseason entry contest with over 400 entries last year. So you, you had quite a, quite a successful year, Christopher. It wasn't bad. Great, great. So um, let's let's shout out to your partner though. Like, how do you how do talk about working with a partner? Morgalis is is his name. You know, he, yeah, he, Mike Morgalis. He was in all three partner. all three OCs with you. Talk about working with yep. him and how you sort of break up the chores. So um, you know, it, it's hard working with a partner, but I think it's is very beneficial because you can bounce ideas off one another. Um, you know, he's very and always challenging some of my decisions, which is good because I'm stubborn. I always 
I always like to do what I think is right. But um, Mike, he's heavily involved in the draft. You know, we we both love Otani, but um, he, he there's no way he could have won another round without him punching me. So um, he's definitely really involved in the draft, and um, I normally handle like all the fam and all the lineup settings. But um, a lot of times I'll bounce ideas off him about if I have tough decisions. So. One of the biggest decisions last year was there was a tight race, and I never pitched guys in course field, hardly ever. And uh, I was like, man, who are we going to pitch this week? I, I, we had Charlie Morton and Logan Webb pitching in course, and um, he taught me into pitching them, and it paid off. They both had good starts. And um, and then that, that, after we got through that week, it was uh, clear sailing the rest of the way. So. Um, but it is good uh, having a partner and and bouncing ideas off one another because they give you a different perspective that you might not be thinking about. Now, do you like to do you like to stream the pictures? Uh, you talked about uh, in, in it. I do. So I'm being into. Uh, I think that's my best asset is. Um, that's why I like the 12 man format because you can stream pictures. Um, you know, you normally have better guys on your bench, so you can play uh, maybe a Western town that player with better matchups. So, um, yeah, I'm big into streaming pitchers. It's, it's harder in the main event because there's nobody normally worth streaming in the main event. But, um, yeah, I'm really into uh, uh, fab, so I enjoy that aspect of it. That's why uh, I think I think the 12-man league is so easy. But um, I think I have more pride in the, in the 15-man league because – you know, you gotta have, uh, you gotta put a lot of time and effort into having a draft plan and then executing it. But it's cool how every leagues are different. That's what I like about uh, the NFBC and all their different formats. So Christopher, you talked about Otani. It looked like you had him on all three of your OC teams last year, like kind of early-ish. He was a must-get for you, or was, you, yeah. you and you and more or less. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a must get man. He's uh he's uh he's probably a must get this year too. So I think I have him uh maybe a little higher than some this year, but um obviously his ADP is what is it like in the top ten, right? So Well yeah, uh, you, I think it's like twelve, twelve, sometimes twelve, yeah. ten, twelve, fourteen ish. Where where would you where'd you be looking to, to take him? Would you would you be taking Otani or Acuna, even though the season might be delayed a little bit? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think I took Acuna last year in the main event. Um, um, but if it was in the season started, if I had to draft right now, I would definitely take Otani over Acuna. But um, and they're both healthy. I think that's a that's a that's a tougher question. It depends if. Uh, Otani keeps on running like he did last year. Um, but, man, Acuna, it's hard to pass on Acuna. So you were taking Otani like around pick 100 or later last year. Yep. Do you see anyone like that can match that upside this year? Because I, I certainly can't. That you can be taking man, around that think... around after pick 100. Who can be that, that Otani, the new Otani? That's a good question. Um I don't have any money in mind, obviously, who can put up those kind of numbers at that spot. Um, 
pitching wise, I think there might be a couple, but um, from an offensive standpoint, I don't I don't see any money in that range. So the pitchers. What about, you, what about you? You like any hitters in that range? The hitters, I don't see anyone that can match that uh, this year. No, I agree. Um, there's some nice pitchers after 100. Um, I know my predecessor, my predecessor would always beep out the names, which I, <sighs> makes me furious. But uh, is there any names that you can give us? I promise we won't. Oh, pitching-wise? Pitching-wise. Pitching-wise? Yes. Um, you know, I think um, I would take a flyer on Snell. Darvish, I would take a flyer on Darvish, maybe that way. Those aren't really my targets, but I would take a flyer on him. Uh, I like Luis Garcia. <clears throat> uh, I think I think he's got some upside. Um, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, obviously, uh, people in that range have some risks. So, right. Those are, those are some good names. We won't we won't bleep any of those out. We won't we won't have any of that. So yeah, like you're you're you had a you last year in your OC. Yeah, yeah. You fab you fabbed really well too. So you had you mentioned Logan Webb. Bassett, Mullins, Framber Valdez, I think he was hurt. Those those could win you the league. Like Cedric that Cedric, Cedric fellow. He would he was really good. He won some leagues last year. Um, I think you gotta be do you think do you think you gotta be aggressive with Fab in these 12 team leagues right away and get those I, type I of players? I, yeah, man. I feel like uh you really shouldn't bid on a player unless you really want him. So if you really want him, you gotta bid aggressively. Um, that's my thing on Fab. So I, I might overbid on some guys, but um, uh, you know, I think it's worth it. If you can get a quality player early in the season, uh, why not take a shot on him if you got confidence in him? Last year, I got a little bit lucky on Cedric Mullins. I wanted to draft him late, and I didn't. So um, I picked him up week one, and he obviously uh, had had a great year. Oh wow! You so see, you're the Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray guy, and the Cedric Mullins guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sick. I'm sick of all these people, and like I just joined up on Twitter, and everyone's like, "This guy is a Cedric Mullins guy. This guy's a Robbie Ray guy." I think you're both of those guys, actually. So who who is um, who is this year's Robbie Ray? Man, that's a that's a great question. I don't. I, I wish I knew. I don't. I don't have a uh, another Robbie Ray lined up yet um but there's there's a couple guys i feel like i would take a flyer on late um it depends on how they look on um uh in spring training you know i think uh lazardo's got some upside uh tristan mckenzie's got some upside but like i said you you want to see how they're how they're looking in spring before you make any decisions on on those type of guys yeah, you gotta have some patience. So, what about you? You like any? Do you have uh, any upside guys? Yeah, I like I, I like that Jesus guy that you talked about. Uh, quite a few of him. Um, I have I've been getting some some Bailey Obers in my drafts All with right. my co- my cousins and my friends and the teachers. I've been getting some a lot of Bailey Obers. They don't know much about him. What do you think about him? He had that slider increase in velo. Yeah, I mean. Big, big, I'm not, tall, I'm big not, tall drink of water. He is. Yeah, we'll see, man. I, I I'm not that familiar with him. I mean, I, I've seen him a couple of times. But he, he's definitely got some upside. What do you think about all them uh, 
San Francisco, uh, don't want to say the, the team name, but the San Francisco's, right. um, the, 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 the Giants. Right. Uh, right. No. Is it the Giants? No, 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 no. Okay, it's the, uh, Alex, come. go ahead, Rick. Man, I, I, I'm like Alex, come. I, I actually, um, I actually had come on all my five teams last year. You know that um, uh, everyone that goes to San Francisco seems to do well. And um, Cobb, I can't think of the name he has for that pitch, but he's got a um, he's he, he's increasing his swing, swing and miss rate tremendously. I think he's going to have a great year. I mean, Anthony Scalfato, he's been um, solid. You know, the last four years, he he's spent a lot of time in Cincinnati, so I'm familiar with him. Uh, Alex Wood spent a lot of time in Cincinnati too. You know, I'm I'm worried about his durability, but he was a surprise last year. Um, I didn't see that coming. But um, and Logan Webb, you know, I love Logan Webb, so he definitely I feel like is undervalued. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he he goes from last year because he was. If you look at after the All Star break last year, I don't know if there's a better pitcher in baseball. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that for sure. Um, Logan Webb and, and Disclafani, if you had to rank them all, I know Logan Webb's probably first, but if you rank the other, yeah, Cobb, Disclafani, Wood, how would you uh, I would probably, if I had to rank them, obviously Logan Webb would be first, and then I would go probably Cobb much, much later, maybe in the 200 range, and uh, Disclafani, same. And um, I would probably stay away from Wood. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind having uh, Webb, Comer, or a Disco on my team. Right. Yeah. Me. Me too. Me too. For sure. So one thing that one thing that I'll sort of let the cat out of the bag is that I'm going to apply to um, a website to do some writing. It's called Picture List, and the guy that that owns that 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 company talked about another San Francisco Giant, uh, Tyler Betty. Uh, what do you think about him? Because he, he Man, that good, and then he pitched a little bit last year, one inning, threw hard, but as a reliever for one inning. So, what do you, do you think? It's just a lot of, a lot of, I don't know, hype. You know, I mean, what does he throw? One hundred and two or something? I, I, I'm not. I, I don't. Uh, I don't have a strong opinion of him one way or another. Um, I'd like to see him pitch in the. Um, I'd like to see him pitch a little bit before I drafted him, but um, everybody's high on him. Yeah. You, there's some other leagues that people are playing it, like with no fab, I think it's called uh, DCs. Um, yeah. Guys like uh, Tyler Betty and, and Mitch Keller, and there's another Mitchell White. Uh, is there anyone that's going real late, maybe that isn't too relevant to your fab leagues that you – you can maybe um, give away since you don't play in those leagues? I think um, co-pitch on the White Sox can be a breakout guy this year. He, he's somebody I want to target. Okay, okay. All right, What about we're talking about fab stash and players. How many players can you take, like a Bobby Witt Jr. or like an injured Bregman on your team last year? How how do you feel about players that you're the drafting players that are already injured or players that – are going to start maybe possibly in the minors. Talk about stashing and how important those those bench spots are on, on your teams. 
Yeah, so I think uh, I think the bench is so important in um, in Emory League. You know, it's good to have depth and flexibility. Um, but what I like to do is I like to have I like to have one impact player on the bench who might have gotten dropped from another team because they had multiple injuries or maybe one prospect. But I feel like you can't have one on one. You really should only have one on your bench. Because you really need to utilize those other spots, um, you know, um, week in and week out. I don't, I don't think it's good to have more than one 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 guy on the bench injured. So um, going into a draft, I normally don't like to draft anybody who's not going to be able to play right away, unless um, you know they're a superstar with high impact potential. So. Um, Let's say somebody gets hurt in uh, the end of March and they're going to be out for six weeks. I might, um, I might, I might draft them sooner than how far they're falling, just because I feel like they might have an impact in uh, August and September. So I don't know. I like to be, I like to have a versatile bench and um, uh, try to have as many healthy players as possible. And that makes sense. Now that does make sense. That does make sense. When you when you target a guy like Otani, um, when will you reach on a player? And can you give an example of that? And uh, if you don't want to, maybe someone from last year other than Otani. Yeah. So um, um, I normally don't like to reach on a guy unless there's there's not an impact guy available. So, I mean, I normally don't like to reach on a guy unless there's a guy who's not who's who. I feel like isn't going to provide that much value. So, but it depends. Like, um, uh, like I don't think this is a gamble, but Rogers on Colorado, I think, is is being undervalued. Um, uh, I feel like I feel like um, oh boy, oh boy, the, the, oh boy. I feel like the best. I feel like the best way to uh, Rick. You keep saying the player. You keep saying the players are like Rick. <laughs> Rick. What, what the hell do you want me to do? Well, Jesus, guy. Come on. I tell, he's going to mention a name. I can't. You think I, I have a live button where I can censor the man? He's the guest, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Jesus. All right. All right. Yeah, all right. Carry on. Carry on, Christopher. Graham, you want to take this yeah, over, bud? You need so me I to save the Oh, go on, Chris. I, th- I think BJ settled that. All right, but I think uh, I think I think um, a lot of my success comes from uh, having faith in your evaluation of a player. Like, for instance, uh, Lindor's drop into what the late forties because he had a bad year. And I think the last couple of years he's in the top fifteen, top twenty. So, um, I always like to find value that way. Um, I like to drive guys coming off a down year who I know have um, the skills to be successful. So, um, but in terms of later in the draft, um, I don't really have any pinpoint any guys that I can give away. But um, I feel like there's a lot of guys that have that are undervalued. Christopher, um, we talked a little bit about closers, and everyone talks about closers on Twitter. What sort of changed this year? How are you going to approach them in, in a 12 and a main event? What's sort of going to be your, your, your closer type strategy to get those 
locked in firemen. Man, so closers, closers is um, that, and that's a, that's a, that's an interesting subject because I've I've always been one to draft closers early. You know, I like to get permanent closers because they're gonna help me ratios as well as get saves, right? So I've always been a proponent of drafting closers early. Um, you know, because that way that way you're not chasing money in fab. Uh, you know what you have, and then um, you can attack your weaknesses in fab. Um, but if you don't draft closers early, you, it seems like people always waste money on on darts. You know, like you'll waste three hundred on a closer who might have the job for a week. So I, I always have drafted closers early. However, with that said, this year I think if it was a full season, I think that. Um, the overall winner would come from a, a team that got two closers late. Like, I don't want to say got lucky, but they were they were able to get value late in the draft because when you draft closers that early, man, you just give up so much in terms of offense or uh, strikeouts. But um, I would say that it is – I would say that every year is different. Um, but, you know – Right now, you can only pinpoint a handful of closers. So, obviously, those guys are going to go early. But I feel like this is the year to, um, if you can, if you can have insight or, or get lucky in spring training, have have a good evaluation. You, you probably can do better weighing on closers this year. But um, that's easier said than done. But Christopher, how many how many of those top closers are you going to get in like an OC? Like if if there's say eight eight of them that or eight or nine that are that are look mighty tasty, um, how many do you want? So usually usually on a like last year on an OC I like to have three closers, um, no matter what. Normally I'll draft two relatively early. Um, I think last year I drafted Chapman early and then I got Will Smith in the middle rounds and then. Normally, I'll get the third guy late or off fab, um, but I definitely think you need three closers. Um, this year, you know, other than Hayter, um, I'm not sure I would drive the closer that high. Maybe uh, maybe the guy in the Indians, um, I would definitely take a five. Oh, well, well, okay. You're upset about Indians. You you want oh, guardians? Oh my man, that's right, guardians. Okay, that's not your fault, Chris. Jorn, you you've got to calm down, bud. Look, I get it. I get it. You're you're an impressionable little boy, little guy. But you got to just come on, man. Step up to the plate, as they say. Oh, easy there, Rick. Yeah. What, what's he, your guess? What's your guys' take on closers, Graham? You gotta but, go. You gotta go take this one. Well, I think right now, like the prices are really pushed pushed up because of like a lot of so far, it's all been DCs, right? Yeah. So, I like I've seen the boards where people are going first round hater, and that's uh, that's not something I would ever do. Right, um, I agree. I think. But I yeah, like I, I, I understand the premium. Yeah, that that Don Juan DeMarco guy, he's he's crazy like that. 
Who? Don Juan DeMarco. Are, are you talking about D Dalton? Oh yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, he he took he's taking closure super early. I think for I think for those OCs, I think you need to do one of those good ones and then get someone like a Kimball Knebel, and then maybe take one or two shots on other guys, one one or two guys that are your favorites. That's sort of my approach and and the three or four on your team and one of those 12 teamers. Christopher? I agree. You agree with yeah, me? Yeah, I mean, I do agree 100%. And I think in the main event last year, I took Hainer and the – no, I took Hendricks at like pick 31. I which, saw that. Uh, I saw that. But, um, but man, I, I – I definitely would pick one that early, but I would not take two that early. But um, like I said, I think I think if they played a full season, you know, I think the the people that would wait on closers if they could find a couple late, they would have more upside. But we'll see. Hey Chris, I noticed last year you had uh, Chapman on a lot of your teams. It seems as though the uh, the market's moving away from him. People are scared off. Would you buy back in? Um, I think what I think that um, yeah. I mean, I still have confidence in Chapman. I feel like um, he's struggling at times last year, but when he was struggling, it seemed like he was able to, you know, he was able to develop his change up. I thought went a lot better. So, um, you know, I, he had, he his career has always stayed healthy. So, um. I actually would draft Chapman. I'm not scared of Chapman. Yeah, I wouldn't see, put him in that. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, to what you were saying about the changeup, like, it seems as though as he's matured as a player or just gone on with his career, if he's struggled with the fastball at times, he's managed to have other secondaries that he can go to to kind of get him out of a pinch. I so, agree 100%. And uh, yeah, BJ, don't uh, don't look up our Lotus Chapman if if you're unfamiliar. Oh, I've never heard of him. I've never heard of him. This so this Chapman fella, would you would you would you draft him or the Kenley guy? The Ken Kenley. For me, that's a question of cost. I'd take the cheaper one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Jansen, he hasn't signed anywhere yet, has he? No, he's a free agent. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. No, I agree. I would take the cheaper one as well. All right. So um, my the producers are saying we go to the phones now. We got we got phones phone calls. I think we got a, we got we got questions for our guest. Get some questions here. Rick, Rick you got a you got a phone call coming in here. Can you uh, wire me up to this phone call? Let me let me push a couple of buttons here. And, uh, okay, boys. Uh, they should be coming in coming in hot here. Ah, there we go. I got it. Hello. Oh, hey there. Hi, you've uh, you've reached the uh, Draft Champions Network. This is uh, the Shrimp Boat Hop Hotline. Oh, How hey can there. Help you. Hi, my, my name is Ariel Cohen, and uh, thanks for answering my call here. How are you? Oh, Ariel, huge fan of your uh, your projection system. Oh, thank you so much. Um, well, I'm just here with my co-host uh, for my, my my podcast, uh, Ruben. Hey, Ruben, say hi, Ruben. Oh, oh, wow. He's just finishing up um, an update on our projection system. We're doing a little playing time downgrade for those of the, that play in the San Andreas spot line. So yes, like the Bellinger, Betts, Trout, Tatis, those players are all getting deducted like 
eight to 10 games, you know, normal, normal stuff for earthquakes. So, you know, that's what he's doing. And we're going to get that, uh, get that update out, update out pretty soon. I'm sorry, you're adjusting playing time off of natural disasters that have not happened yet. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. What is the impetus for this? Oh, risk assessment, you know? Well, power to you. Well, yeah, I, we're going to work in it. Like, Remains working there over there like very hard, but we're gonna look into them. We're gonna look into some tornadoes too in Texas, Simeon, you know, Seeger. It's gonna be it's gonna be really good. What about Kansas City? Oh yeah, yeah. Mary Whit, like I know he played 162 games. Like Mr. Kirkland's uh, cheat said 162, but he's not gonna play 162 according to my risk assessment with the tornado alley, you know. So, shout out, shout out to former HR director Mike Kirkland. Yep, yeah, good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, question. Can I ask a question for uh, you, Mr. Fressler on? Yeah, you, you absolutely can ask a question. We're, we're live on the air here, Ariel. Okay, oh, hey, hey, Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing well, how about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Okay, so what are your thoughts on DeGrom this year? People are saying that he, like that you can give him a bump in his value because of the shortened season. Um, why, but why would a few weeks matter in this injury? Is injuries more binary? And the injury could put him out for the whole season, no matter what. So, what are your thoughts on Degrom? I'll hang up yeah, and listen. That's a, that's a tough question. I mean, um, I'm a sucker for drafting injury from players with high upside, but um, I, don't, I don't think I would draft him this year uh, unless unless uh, you can see him pinch. I don't even know when he's supposed to pinch, but I feel like. Uh, Man, his ADP is so high, and what is it like, 25 or something, 24 around that range? Uh, I don't think you can um, risk losing a pick that high for the whole season. So, personally, I would avoid him unless, um, unless for some instance he was pitching in spring training and looked like he was throwing well. I haven't even seen any reports on him lately. What's the what's the way to scoop on Degrom? Is Ariel still there, or do you? Have, I think he hung up on us. Okay, yeah, Ariel's gone, BJ. Okay, that's okay. Well, that was a good. That was a good question, and uh, I don't think I would touch Degrom either. You never know. Yeah. Shortened gear. Yeah, it's a little bit more. A little bit more uh, appetizing to me. D- duct tapes that um, elbow together. Yeah. What um. Um. When you guys think the season's going to start? Ooh, I don't know. Any, any ideas? Man, nothing, really stopped, nothing really stopping the players and the owners from, from uh, playing except for themselves. So they just got to yeah. sit down and talk. So he can really start any time. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's a, it's, a, it's a delay. It's a delay, like a, a week or two maybe. And then it could, it could start up any time. What do you guys think? I hope June. Really? That's I'm, long, that's long I'm, I'm scared it's going to be the whole year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I just Amazing. I think I think that there's so many uh, strong personalities in that room, and these issues run back several years. That yeah, I I, ju- I just think the relationship is broken to the point that this could last far longer than any of us wanted to. And I, I agree with you. You know, you know that if they were really that close, they would have got something done. So I feel like. Um, I'm in agreement. I, I think it's going to be a long wait. Hopefully, I'm wrong. 
I just punched it into Google. It says the season starts March 31st. What am I, the hell am I missing here? Is that not right? Yeah, Rick, you gotta, you gotta read up on some news, buddy. Okay, okay, Bill, guy. Bill sticks, but we've, we've already, we've already, we've already drafted our Yahoo leads. I'm, I'm pretty much tapped out. And uh, unless I was, I heard all this talk about Vegas. I was in a dig up some cash, you know, like we could, we're sitting some cash and buried in the backyard, you know, can throw some money down on the main event. If my wife lets me, you know, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Okay, I hear you. Yeah, okay. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Shut the fuck up. Okay. Okay, what? sir. Okay, can we continue? Let's, let's, let's just continue the podcast. Everything okay. Okay. Hey, hey guys, guys, we got to get back on track here. You guys are out of control. All right, all right, all right. So let's talk about some sweet spots in these drafts, like the, the, the money spots for the positions. Uh, Christopher, do you see any like in the any sweet spots like uh, first base? You got Cron, Votto, Hoskins. We talked about the the San Francisco. We're not going to say it. McKenzie area. Uh, you want to target catchers early. There's a nice little spot of Brandon Lowe, Altuve, Polanco, India. You got your Brendan Rogers, Eddie Rosario, Felipe Torres area. Mancata Hayes at third, and then you got a whole slew of outfielders like Ian Hab, Soler, Benintendi, Conforto, Bader, Abisail, Garcia, Rosario. Like, are any of those sweet spots for you? I know you haven't done any drafts, but uh, do you see any? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I like, uh, I think CJ Crone, I like him at first base. Um, pitching wise, we, we already talked about that. I, I do like Alex Cobb and, um, I like I, I like McKenzie, but like I said, he he's got some issues as well. But if he can get those ironed out, he's got some upside when uh, uh, Scoobal. But um, if I had to pick at one out of that group, I would go with Alex Cobb because I feel like you know what you're gonna get. Um, catchers wise, you know, uh, I think this is a good year for catchers. Um, uh, I, I like Tyler Stevenson. He may not. Um, be the right pick in his range, but I think he's going to have a breakout season. Second base, um, you know, I, I, he's dropping a little bit. I like Cathal Marte. He's one of my favorite players. He's always hurt, um, but he's your style, eh? Because you like you like to focus on the batting average early, so he'd be like a yeah. guy. He'd be like your like equivalent to like your Randone when you won the main event. Yeah, I like I like his upside. I still think he's got a lot of upside power wise too. Um, if he can keep his hamstrings healthy. But um, I, I like him. Shortstop or second base, I agree with you. I like Rodgers and Torres. Um, then I agree there's a lot of depth in outfield. All the guys you mentioned, I like. I like Benetton. Conforto will be interesting. Um, and uh, those, those are probably my two targets in outfield. Like, so, so Christopher, based based on the based on sort of what you talked about, is there is there a position that you're comfortable waiting the longest on? Uh, you know, um, I used to always draft based on scarcity, but um, I'm learning the main event. You can't really worry about that. You you got to get the best production possible at the time. Um, in a twelve man league, I think you can. Uh, focus more on scarcity, but um, I don't know. I think starting pitching 
you can get you can get a lot of um, quality arms later than usual this year. So I think I might get a couple aces early and then wait wait till the late stage of the, uh, the draft and get a handful of starters late. I uh, noticed not... looking at your teams last year, you seem to always have two studs at catcher. Was that yeah. something that you generally always try to do, or is that just the way the boards worked out last year? Um, I think last year, that's the way that, you know, historically, I've always had, um, I like to get, I don't like to have many holes in my lineup, so I hate, I hate having a hole in my lineup, and usually, if you don't get two good catchers, you got two big holes. Um, in the main event, though, um, obviously, you can win a, uh, an overall without two good catchers or one good catcher. I think uh, Phil did that last year, but um, so yeah, last year I did focus on. I, I liked in the draft there was I like I drafted Contreras or um, Will Smith on most of my teams just because I liked their value um, based on their draft spot. Um, this year, though, I haven't um, finalized my strategy, but I feel like there's maybe eight or nine catchers that could have an impact compared to last year when there's only a couple. So um, I probably won't be uh, targeting catchers that early. Maybe their list would be in the 150 range for me, probably. Interesting, interesting. Um, so um, last, last question before you... Uh, I think we have a game that my uh, producer said we're gonna we're gonna look into here. So you, I'm imagining you didn't do any drafts yet, but you've been in tune with the market. Are there any players you think, uh, like you know, these NFB, NFB, NBC players? They they have this thing called groupthink that everyone sort of herds to get the same players, and nothing really diverges much. So are there, are there any hype or I guess non-hype sleeper guys that are sort of out of control? Basically, what I'm asking them, is there any like extremely overrated or underrated players here? I mean, I think I think the usual prospects are always overrated. I, I hardly ever draft um, prospects. Not that I mean, some of them hit home runs and and uh, their home run picks, but uh, I generally stay away a little bit from prospects just because I'm better on guys I'm familiar with. So. Um, I think um, um, I'm, I can't believe I can't remember his name. What's the guy in the Royals who I had last year on my team? I'm losing my mind here. Oh, Bobby Witt. Yeah, Bobby Witt. I feel like he might be going a little bit too early. Um, um, I mean, I like his upside because he can steal some bases, but based on where he's going in the draft, I feel like it's a little bit too early for him. If he would drop Oh, uh, maybe. So uh, I just I just got a note from our producers. They said this this man is Michael Masato. He drafted Bobby Witt in the fourth round, one of these drafts. And that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> you know you, you know Michael? I know I love Michael, yeah. I know Michael. Okay. I know how he operates. Okay. He has a great party in Vegas summary. You should go. I know I'm trying to not talk about that with my fucking wife right here, okay? Jesus, God. Calm, John, John. 
Will you, will you calm down over there? My wife is in this room right now. My wife Maggie is right here in this room beside me. And if she heard me conversing with someone who's saying things like that to his wife, well, you don't want to know what would happen. Rick, who is it? Rick, Rick, you, you got to settle down there too, bud. You guys are out of control. All right, let's carry it. Let's carry it. We're, we're just we're just trying to okay. do a podcast about guys, baseball. guys, guys. Guys, we're, we're over the hour already. We're over the round. My, my wife is my wife has left the room. She's going out. She's getting ready to go out and party or whatever she's gonna do. And uh, we're gonna get into our game. It's um, I guess my producers are saying they've they've um they've got this game they got this game of Jeopardy here. And um, how do I share my screen, Rick? It's gonna gonna have all the topics on here. Press the uh, share my screen button. Okay, okay. Did I do it right? I see it. I guess, yeah, I guess. I don't. Our categories here. Um, I didn't make this up, boys. I didn't make this up. They just gave it to me because I guess the old host was preparing for the show, and these are just the show notes that we're going to go with this Jeopardy segment here. Um, all right, here. So the first category. I'll read you the five categories here. We'll get through this, and we'll get out of here, and we'll go, and we'll go, um, we'll go do whatever we got to do tonight. Um, so the first category here is is Mike Ajedo. Okay, I don't know who that is, but that's friend, the first friend category. of the show. Friend of oh. the show. All right, Graham. All right, Graham. The next one is Mike Porthauser. And the next one is John Becker. The next one is Rick Poundstone's Fears. So, Rick, that what? one. And then the, the, and the last one, last one is Shrimp Boat Captain. So, all right, Christopher, do you want to pick a category and an amount? Yeah, we'll go uh, shrimp boat captain for five hundred. Okay, so that's coming off the board. So these are uh, these are people no one knew existed before last year. <laughs> All right, so these again people people that did no one knew existed till last year. So I guess this must be about you, Graham. Nice to meet you, by the way. All right, so uh, so for five hundred, this player. But real quick, Bjorn. Um. Did you tell everybody they got to put a number one in the chat to to clock in or to? Yeah, I said that. I said that. So oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. my mistake. I'm sorry, bud. All right. Or you can just yell yell at me. I don't. I don't care. I'm just trying to get through this Jeopardy segment. I know they were terrible before, but okay. So for 500 shrimp boat cap, the shrimp boat section. This player's 600 PA. What's PA? Plate appearance. This player's 600 PA. Pace last year was a 324 average and 32 home runs. Jeez. All right, Graham. Graham's buzzed in here. Who is Frank Schwindel? Let's check. The answer is correct. So shrimp, shrimpy. Shrimpy gets gets the gets early bird gets the shrimp, I guess. Okay. Nice so, yeah. work. That's that nice, the, nice work. Nice I, work. I, that's another that's another weight round steal, maybe. I like, like that. You like you like um, Schwindel, Tesla? I think so. You think he's not a flash in the pan? We'll see. We'll see. He's sort of that type That's of profile that gets you that good batting average that you like so much, right? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, I, I'm just worried that they signed somebody. There are those Rizzo rumors, but. It seems like of all the guys the Cubs had who popped up there, he can actually hit. They also have that designated hitter, right? That's true. Yeah, that you could spot there. 
Probably. All right. So, Shrimpy, you got control of the board here. I'll uh, I'll go with uh, Mike Podhorzer for five hundred. All right, Mike Podhorzer. I don't know who that is, but these are people who stand out in practice events, but likely fail against top competition. <laughs> so, I guess it says these are people that do well in spring training, but not in the real contests. Okay. So $500 from Mike Podhorzer. This player led 2021 spring training in home runs and RBIs. He was tied with Corey Seager with 12, with, with eight home runs. Mm. What do you think, Max? Mm. You know, any money? Anyone can just jump in here. Chris, any guess? I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I don't know, Happy. Okay. What? Um. What the hell? All right, all right, all right. Here we go, Rick. Rick's buzzed in. All right. I'm gonna go. We'll go with uh, Pittsburgh Pirate, uh, Kevin Newman. That's it. That's that's incorrect. Uh, that's incorrect, Rick. We're gonna give you a negative uh, negative five hundred there. All right, we got Shrimpy. Shrimpy here, my new co-host. I think I like him. Feelings mutual there, Mr. BJ. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, uh, my guess is uh, Michael Franco. <laughs> You're back yeah, wrong, wrong spring training, hey? Back down to zero, yeah. Well, well, the answer, I'll, I'll give you the answer if Chris just went buzz in here. The answer is uh, his name is a protective equipment. Jock. Peterson. Oh, protects the old, uh, the old gonads. Yeah. Right? Okay, so I guess or maybe I guess an itch or an itchy situation. We're going to move on now. We're gonna what move are on. you? What, Rick? Go ahead and move on, boys. All right, we're going to move on here and we're going to move on. And, and Shrimpy, Shrimpy still got control of the board here. I'm going to go with Podhorser for a thousand. We're going to just clean off Podhorser. You've never met him. But uh, again, this is people who stand out in practice events, but likely fail against top competition. Again, for 1,000. This Rocky was second in spring training with six stolen bases in 2021. He batted 283 with a homer, and he had a main event ADP inside the top 200. Uh, I'll take that one. What is, uh, is Garrett Hampson? Bingo, bingo. Under Rick, Rick, we already got the correct answer. So Christopher is now taking the lead. He's the only one with positive points, and he has got control of the board. So Garrett Hampson, he's a guy that, man, no one can quit him. Even our, even uh, our, even that man, Cha, Cha loves that guy. And uh, do you think he, do you think he, he can finally do something with now with uh, Trevor Story out of there? Do you think he finally gets a full time opportunity? He can maybe steal. 30, 40 bases, or do you think he's just a sort of a, again, the same thing that's not going to do you much good? No, I think that um, he's definitely one of my targets. I think that, you know, you put him in a different park, he might only hit 240, 250, but, you know, in Colorado, he has some four for four games. He might get around 275, and he could still 40 bases if he plays every night. Um, I like him, so we'll see. Okay, okay, Christopher, you got control here. 
Uh, is there any uh, any more questions in the shrimp boat, Captain? Yeah, we got we got one thousand for shrimp boat. Our friend shrimp boat again. Let's these these are people no one knew existed before last year. Hey, shrimp boat, no one knew about you before last year. Nope. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, I, I became friends with your uh, your predecessor. All right, okay, okay, we don't need to get into him. He's very crass. I liked Zach. I liked him and I miss him. He said the Z the Z word, the Z uh, word. Yeah, we can't. We've been we've we've had a memorandum from the board. We shouldn't be doing this. I'm I'm not very comfortable with this segment either. So let's just get to the 1000 question here about shrimp boat. Okay, $1,000. This pic this picture posted a 3.4 X FIP across 91 innings last season with nearly 10K per nine innings and a 20% K minus BB. And after being completely off the radar for 2021 drafts. What do you think, baby? Yeah, we got it. So this I chimed in. Am I allowed to answer? Okay, Rick. Go ahead, Rick. We're going to say uh, my wife looked it up. We're Excuse me, nobody looked it up. Uh, Minnesota twin uh, Joe Ryan. I thought we had it, honey. I did too, baby. So that's now negative 1500 for Rick. Anyone else want to chime in here? 3.4 XFIP across 91 innings last year. A lot of strikeouts, 20% K minus block. Wasn't really on the radar before last year wasn't being drafted i'll take a shot all right let's go shrimpy is it uh, ranger suarez that would be a good guess i've never heard of him but no that's not the answer how would you know it's a good guess if you never heard of him i don't know i don't know this is this is all new to me it's all new to me rick i'm trying to be i'm trying to be relatable I'm just saying right like, chris you got a guess or Oh, man, I'm, I'll guess um, Alex Wood. The answer is Huska uh, Noah. Oh, nice, yeah. Huska Noah. We'll go Poundstone for 500. All right, Poundstone. So these, uh, these are Rick Poundstone's fears. These are players named, named after things that scare Rick Poundstone. So you could possibly know that. All right. So first one is 500. Brad Miller has more homers and stolen bases over the last two years than this consensus top 30 outfielder. So Brad Miller. You guys, you guys love Brad Miller, don't you? I like some Brad Miller. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, um, yeah, he, he always seems to me... Um, uh, he always seems to have a um, high um, uh, projections more than I would think. But go ahead. What's your answer? I don't have one. No, no batting gloves either for that Brad Miller. Yeah, no batting gloves. Raw dogs it. What, what, what was the question? Brad Miller has more home wins and stolen bases over the last two years than this consensus top 30 outfielder. More home runs and stolen bases in the Brad last Miller, two years. He's got more homers and more steals than this top 30 pick consensus. 
Byron Buxton. Incor incorrect. Is it Christian Yellick? That's also incorrect. It's the top 30 pick. Oh, he's not top. Oh, top 30 pick. You said top 30 outfielder. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That's what I he said. Know. I don't know. The answer is Mike Trout. The answer that they have is Mike Trout. I don't, I don't, I didn't write these questions. I don't know. There could be other people, but yeah, that's the answer. So Brad Miller has more homeless and stolen bases over the last two years than Mike Trout has. And yeah, Mike Trout. Trout is one of the things that would scare Rick because, you know, I think it's, it says, it explains it for me here. It says, because it's a healthy food. Trout. Oh, Jesus. Now, who, who wrote this? Because I'll tell you right now, Jordan, if you're the one that wrote this, I want Zach back on this show. Okay, you can say what you want about Zach. The man respected me. He gave me a job. He gave me something to do. He appreciates my wife, Maggie. I... I don't know you, you know. Hey, hey, Rick, 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 I don't write these questions. I don't write these questions. Well, who the hell wrote it? I think maybe Zach did. Maybe huh. Zach did. Okay, we're gonna move on. I'm so I don't want I don't like confrontation. I'm getting I'm getting a little bit nervous. I don't like the confrontation, okay? Who let's the just, hell is this guy, hon? Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's all right, let's go uh pass down for a thousand. All right, again, these these are Players named after things that scare Rick Poundstone. That's what it says here. So this player has 560 PA across the last two years, and he hit 285 slash 393 slash 595 with 38 home runs over his last 560 plate appearances. Some, something that uh, Rick is scared of. Yeah, this is a player named after something Last name is something that Rick's scared of. No way they, there's no way they know about the mouse thing, right? I doubt they know about the mouse incident. Is there a player named Mouse? Rick, what happened with the mouse, buddy? Oh, shit, I thought I was me. Hey, carry on, guys. We're just hanging out. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, sure. The, I'm not sure I have a guess on this one for you. Uh, no one's buzzing in here. Again, it's something that Mr. Poundstone's afraid of, apparently. No one's buzzing in here. The answer is uh, 285, 393, 595, slash line, 38 homers in the last 560 PAs. So that's basically, he's doing that across full season here. Belt, belt, belt is the answer. Rick is afraid of belts, I guess. And what is that supposed to mean? I don't know. I, guess maybe I don't know if that's in a some kind of uh, is that a fat joke? It appears so. I didn't write. I didn't write these, Mister Poundstone. It, it appears so. Buddy, if you want to get off there, you get off. All right, let's All right, just All right Rick. Rick. Let's Rick. Maybe we should uh, let's just slow down over there. Move buddy. on here. I don't want any conflict. I'm, I'm getting very uncomfortable with these jeopardies. I'm going to talk to. I'm going to talk to Kirkland or whoever it is here, and we're just going to not do these anymore, okay? So let's just get through them. There's two more categories. Let's get through this now. Well, no, uh, Mike, Mike for 500. Mike for 500. This is Mike Ajetto for 500. And then these are, oh, no. I'm getting mighty uncomfortable with this segment here. Um, these are people that paint their fingernails. So catchers, <laughs> like, you know, how back, back catchers. 
paint their nails so the, the pitchers can see their signs better. So, okay, so 500. So the minimum of 250 plate appearances, this catcher had the lowest K percentage at 16.2% in 2021. Are you paying attention, man? I chimed in. I don't know. Oh, okay, Rick, Rick, there we go. Uh, wife and I are going to go with Marcus Stroman. Oh, that's not a catcher, Rick. Shit. I thought we had it. I'm going to guess the, uh, oh, what's his name? Kybert Ruiz. That's incorrect. That's incorrect. Chris, you got any, any answer, any, any guesses here? Uh, I was going to Tyler Stevenson. The answer is Elias Diaz. Yes, mm. lowest K percentage amongst 250 plate appearance. All right, so do you want to wrap up the Mike category here? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Again, minimum 250 plate appearances. This catcher had the second highest walk percentage, aside from Yasmani Grandal at 12.9%. I think I got it. All right, go ahead, Graham. Is that Tyler Stevenson? That's incorrect. That's yeah. Incorrect. Mike Piazza? No, that's also wrong. I know. I've heard of him. Chris, Chris, you got anything for this one? I got nothing. All right. The answer is uh, Dom Nunez. So both yeah. both Rockies there. All right. Let's let's uh let's end it off here. Let's let's wrap it up with the John Becker category. These are uh, these are tools I just discovered. So this question about Mike Kirkland's lineup tool, uh, 500 here. So this player led um, all. This player led all the majors in game started from the number nine spot, and this is stuff that I used the Kirkland tool for. So he had the most starts of any any player from the number nine hole in the lineup. Wife and I are gonna go David Fletcher. That's that's incorrect. That's incorrect. Yes. Let's go. Thanks. That was for me. Yeah, it was, baby. And we can thank Mr. Kirkland's lineup tool for easy access to this information. Elvis Andrus. You already guessed, but that's also incorrect. Do you want more negative points, Mr. Poundstone? I suppose not. I don't know if I like the tone that the host has taken. No yeah, I, I, I got nothing. So the answer is uh, Mar Martin Maldonado. That's it. Okay. Okay. Last question. Last question here, boys. Bring it home. I think Mr. Fester's winning this winning this round so far. But let's see if you can catch up and make this make things respectable here. Um, all right. So this is Becker for one thousand. These, these again. These are these are tools I just discovered. So the questions about Mike Kirkland's lineup tool. Um, so aside from Whit Merrifield, this player has the most games started at a specific lineup spot. He batted third, 151 times. Paul Goldschmidt. No, it was my wife. She said Paul Goldschmidt. That would be incorrect. What about uh, Matt Olson? That is also incorrect. Shrimpy. Co-host, anything for anything from you? No, Goldschmidt was a good guess, but that wouldn't be mine because you said it's. You hear that, Maggie? You hear that, Max? He said it was a good guess. 
Is Trevor Story? He hit me. No, it can't have been Story. He, he missed time. I, I don't know. The, an the answer is uh, Jose Ramirez. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Jose Ramirez. So our guest, our guest takes down Jeopardy. That Jeopardy segment made me mighty uncomfortable, but I don't think we'll be doing that ever again, but not on my watch again. So again, I want to thank, uh, I want to thank Chris Fessler for taking the time and uh, tolerating these guys and tolerating me and uh, hope I didn't do too poorly for my, on my first, on my first go round as a, as a, as a host for the draft champions network. Appreciate you having me on. Um, uh, I wouldn't recommend people get in, as, get in as many leagues as possible, trying to get out to Vegas. That's all a great time. Um, that's really all I got. Uh, that's it, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, really, Chris. Really appreciate your time. It was nice That's to meet you. Right. You too, man. All right. Nice to meet you, Chris. And uh, as we're wrapping up the Draft Champions podcast, I know I have to have an ending for these things that people usually do and uh, sort of a signature sign-off. So here we go. See you next time. And don't forget your peanuts and cracker jacks. Jesus, what?